0: $5 for a twink to make out with you.
1: is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. I am once again your host, Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining us here for episode 92 of the show. As always, I implore you to reach out, become get, get to know us, become friends with us, uh, reach out and give us your thoughts on anything you hear today or on any episode or anything you'd like to talk about. Uh, you can do that via email mailbag at com. Listen to the show. If you have thoughts on today's show, I would implore you, good or bad, they can be good, they can be bad, however you feel, reach out. Mailbag at com. You're also welcome to leave us a voicemail, which may or may not get played on our show. The voicemail number is 949-464-TBLS. As always, I implore you to subscribe to the show it's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, it's everywhere you can find podcast, the podcast app on your iPhone, wherever. Uh, the Ball just search the Baller Lifestyle podcast, subscribe, share it with your friends. And finally, facebook.com. Go to our page, The Baller Lifestyle Podcast on Facebook and like the show there. Share our content with your friends. Let become part of the conversation we enjoy interacting with the fans of the show. Uh, joining me now, so it's a special show today. We will get into that momentarily. Joining me now, as always, co-host of the program, Hoboken Zone, Ed Daly. Ed, how are you today, my friend?
2: Doing well. Looking forward to this one.
1: Special had, day, yes.
2: I had a big I had a big, big, week. I, I'm, I met a, a very famous man this week. Oh, did you? The actor who played Mayor Goldie Wilson. Wow,
1: fantastic! Just out of the blue,
2: yeah. It was that uh, it was, it was a there was a, a screening of Back to the Future uh-huh. in Manhattan oh, wow. at Radio City, yes. And my wife surprised me with the like, just said, We're meeting up, and we got uh, my mom to watch the kids. And She's like, All right, just meet me here. And we went out to dinner, and then after, she's like, All right, we're going to this Radio City. And then there was somebody handing out things and said, Hey. Goldie Wilson's across the street, and Principal Strickland.
1: Wow, that is amazing. Wait, Principal Strickland is also the guy from um, Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yes. Wow, now that James,
2: would... James Tolkien. I'll tell you what. There's a guy you could set your watch to. He looks like the same as he did in 1985. <laughs> Wait, guys like guys like eighty, and he looks the same. Way to
1: bury the lead. Um, yeah, as Ed has alluded to, today is future day. If you are hashtag team current episode, when you listen to this show, this show drops on October 21st, 2015, which for fans of the back to the future movie franchise, you will know that is the day that doc Brown and Elizabeth Shue and Marty McFly shoot forward to into the future. Um, and that that's what we're here to do. It's a special episode of the show. Episode 92 Two ...is the Future Day episode of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We are going to be discussing Back to the Future here today. And we're not going to do that alone. As always, I'm joined by Ed Daly. But additionally, we have a special guest. Listeners of the program know who he is. You, If you're a fan of sports talk radio, this guy's a fucking icon. You know who he is. If you're a fan of those Lifetime movies that mostly like your mom or your grandma watches... He's been in a bunch of those as well. Of course, I'm talking about the great Jason Stewart, Mr. Automatic. Jason, how are you doing, buddy?
0: Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Jason. Oh, you're now, you're I, fired I, up. I, I, a lot of energy I today. I couldn't help but uh, hear that intro with, uh, with Ed, and it, it sounds like not only did you meet the mayor, but you met the principal from Back to the Future, who also, as you just pointed out, played the hard ass in Top Gun and I'm, i was shocked and i hadn't seen back to the future in a while so i did some homework over the weekend and i watched it and i said it's that guy i mean that guy has a broad spectrum of acting obviously cuz his character in top gun is nothing like his character it's very playing different the baseball. very it's, different it's like the opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> <Yes>. and demeanor <laughs> and the way he carries himself and even the way he just kind of you know enunciates his, his insults He's a modern
2: day Daniel Day Lewis.
1: He's got fantastic range. He's all, he's almost unrecognizable from role to role. It's really disappears, it's shocking.
2: Disappears into the role. Shocking,
1: Principal Strickland. Uh, you know what? Oh, yes.
2: Some people. You, you've got a three point specialist. That's, you have you have a third down running back. You have certain things that some people just do really well, and that guy. Axe the hell out of that hard-ass role. It
1: used to be that guys would play both ways. They would play offense and defense. Now you have guys that come in and rush on third down. They only play on third down. And Principal Strickland, what's his name, Ed? James Tolkien? James Tolkien. He is one of those guys that just comes in and he does a thing and he does it very well. Uh, Okay, Just, just just to refresh people's memory of... First of all, I wanted to ask you guys: Do you guys r- recall where you were? Do you remember the time you saw the first Back to the Future movie?
2: I do, I do. Yeah, you know, I was, I was at a uh, movie theater in Nantucket, Massachusetts. Wow, we we're on a family Falling vacation. Out. Yeah, we we're on a family vacation, and that movie was out, and that was the biggest deal ever.
1: It, it was, it was a very big deal, massive. Yeah, because
2: Family Ties was a massive show. That's like, right. Everybody knew Michael J. Fox.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was
2: big and Spielberg. I think I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the advertising of this movie was a lot of Spielberg talk. Like, this is Spielberg's movie. Yeah, I don't. He, he produced it, but like. They, I don't remember hearing as much Zemeckis at that time. This was a Spielberg movie, which is you know still a big deal.
1: Absolutely, I I recall myself. I I don't remember the build up so much, but I do remember my grandma took me to see it, and I remember seeing like a whole bunch of people from my school that were also just also happened to be there at the showing. It was a full theater. And I realized, oh, wow, I'm, there must be more people than me interested in this movie. Um, and it was a very big deal. Jason Stewart, do you recall your the, the first time you saw Back to the Future?
0: I was yeah, 13 no. and I was growing up in, in Brea, California, and I went to the man Theater uh, over off Imperial Highway. And I just remember uh, Spielberg What was coming off of the second Indiana Jones. and yeah, that's, that's and, right. Yeah. And he, I, I remember thinking, how could he possibly create a character that is more annoying than that whore in the second Indiana Jones that became his wife? What Kate, Kate Cupshaw, I think her name Kate is. Kate Capshaw. Shit, maybe maybe mm-hmm. the most annoying character in the history of cinema. And then I found out a couple hours later that Biff. Uh, surpassed that and Back to the Future. So I was excited about that. I
1: have to agree. Having refreshed my memory with these movies just today, um, Biff, and we'll get into this more, Thomas F. Wilson could be one of the most annoying characters to... Uh. To, uh, to appear in a trilogy of movies, just really, really, just the way he presents his lines, the way he speaks is so oh, grating wow. after even a short time. Uh, okay, let's refresh everyone's mem- memory. Back to the Future came out in 1985. It's an American comic science fiction film. It's directed by a big-time guy, Robert Zemeckis, um, who, who also wrote the movie along with Bob Gale. Um, it was produced by Steven Spielberg, among others. The stars, of course. Michael J. Fox, massive Canadian export, uh massive, massive. I'm gonna
2: call him an American treasure though.
1: American well, he's from you know what? He's, he's from Alberta. He's
2: Canada, but uh he he has lived in America for many right. years, yes. decades and decades. He's a New York he's a New Yorker, he I, he's married I, I'm married to not, an
1: American, I'm... he probably has a green card, he probably has citizenship. He pays he's yeah. paid a shitload of American taxes, that's for sure.
2: Sure, he's been he's been a an American staple since the mid '80s, early '80s. So he, I'm gonna call him an American treasure as well. What was the uh, what was the name? It, so.
0: What was the name of his return to TV show that that lasted about six weeks? Was this called Let's Make Fun of the Guy with Parkinson? Yeah, I think, was it, that I think it was that called, that called the
1: Michael J. Fox Show. show. Why really, didn't that succeed?
2: I, I don't know, but Spin City <laughs> was a solid show. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, He's, that guy is a treasure, and it's a shame to think of all the asshats that, that still are doing fine and poor my uncle Dude
1: Fox. Yeah, he, he's, he's a solid actor for sure. And at, at the time of this movie, he was a massive, massive television star starring on Family Ties. Uh, also in the film, of course, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and the aforementioned Thomas. LF Wilson who played Biff um I don't need to get into everybody knows the plot of the movie I won't explain that to you but I will give you some of the particulars the movie was released on July 3rd 1985 we all know where we were I didn't realize it's the day before the 4th of July um it the movie runs 116 minutes the budget for the first back to the future was not at, at the time not an insignificant amount 19 million dollars the box office gross for Back to the Future was three hundred and eighty nine point one million dollars. Pretty good return on investment there. It, it the movie spent eleven weeks at number one, and was the highest grossing film of nineteen eighty five. Well, also I'll just get, I'll just go through the whole most of the trilogy here. Uh, Back to the Future two, which we'll also be discussing today, that came out in nineteen eighty nine. Also the same all, all the principals were back Zemeckis directed the same um wrote also not, wrote not it not all oh not all oh right, okay, yeah, we'll get to that um uh it, it, the, the it's a sequel to the movie most most of the main players are there, although um George, there's an odd George mcfly Kristen, Crispin Glover does not return and uh and Marty Mcfly's girlfriend is replaced. By in the in the first movie, she was played by an actress called Claudia Wells. She did not return for the final two movies and was replaced by favorite of the show, someone that we all can agree we were very into at the time. Of course, I'm talking about Zoftig Elizabeth Shue.
2: Yes.
0: And as we know from um, us doing the Karate Kid on this show, I, I'm a huge fan our friend Travis Rogers might be the biggest. He's fan the biggest of fan in the world. Yeah, she's got she's got kind of that perfect uh, body type of a late teen, early twenties. Absolutely, De- definitely not thin. Yeah. just you know, a little meat on the bones. And then I I need to know this. Did you guys do a little research here? Why did Claudia Wells not come back? Was this a a movie decision or or did, did she have That's a, what a, a I thought. I thought they were going for
1: right? the upgrade but apparently she had a a family illness. Her mother took ill with cancer and she had to relinquish the role.
2: Yeah, I I don't think she ever as opposed to Chrisman Glover. I I don't think there were like issues that she had with people and and the the studio. I think she just couldn't do the movie.
1: Yeah, and so I, Yes,
0: and and Glover's thing is that he just had a massive falling out with it. I mean, I know, I know he was crazy, but he just had a, an issue with the creators.
1: Ed, any do you, do you have any insight there? I mean, I didn't
2: do all all the research on on his history, but I've read interviews where, uh, on one hand, he didn't he didn't like some of the creative things. I know there were money issues. I know he eventually sued because they kind of used his likeness. That's all true. His characters. But, but I, you know, he's, he's a, he's a nut job.
1: At, absolutely true. But, yeah.
2: But rewatching the movie. Fantastic. He's, oh, and
1: he's, he's great in that movie.
2: He he is, he just delivers an amazing performance. Absolutely.
1: I could, could not agree more. Um, as to the particulars, Back to the Future Part 2 was released November 22nd, a Thanksgiving movie, 1989. That film so 2 and 3 were shot back-to-back back with one budget. So the budget for, this, for numbers 2 and 3 was $40 million combined. Back to the Future Part 2 made not didn't quite do the box office as the first one, but still was no slouch with $332 million at the box Jeez. office worldwide. Um, and then Part 3 made... Two hundred and forty-four point five million dollars combined box office for the three movies combined for a fifty-nine million dollar budget and made at the box office alone nearly a billion dollars nine hundred and sixty-five point six million dollars in box office grosses and that's before all the ancillary money making activities there so um, these guys did pretty well for themselves there and we're not going to talk to Back to the Future Part Three but I will I just want to add this Back to the Future Part Three added uh, Mary Steenburgen as love interest to Doc Brown, and I think I speak for all men of a certain age that she is a, 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 a woman of a certain age that pretty much all of us would bang. Can I can I get an agreement from you guys? I mean, Sarah?
2: she she is aging. She looks fantastic. She's, she's in her 60s. she's getting she's
0: getting better with age. I think. She's she was fantastic. a uh, recurring role on the last season of Justified. Did you guys watch yeah. that show? No, I did not. She was she was great in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a she's a a g g elf. She's a great grandmother.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, she's she's sixty two and she looks fantastic. As as for the how how well, let's do a quick how fucking old is this guy for fans of the show? That's something we do here. Christopher Lloyd for the first movie, he was his.
2: The, he was Reverend Jim in Taxi, right? right?
1: The the old Christopher Lloyd and the young Christopher Lloyd, or the young Doc Brown, the old and young Doc Brown. Not not a lot of difference in age <laughs> there in the in the um, first movie. Not look looks wise. Um, any guesses? Does anybody want to guess how old in 1985? How old was the actor Christopher Lloyd?
2: I will. I'll say like. Hmm. We we've we've talked about how people in the eighties didn't yeah didn't take care of themselves. I'm gonna stay say at least a double nickel.
1: Fifty five years old. Yeah. He yeah. I mean he looks about seventy one, but he couldn't possibly have been that old, right? So you're right. you're so, guessing so about so fifty five.
0: Yeah, I'll go double nickel.
1: Uh uh Jason Stewart.
0: I go into the early sixties, sixty er, yeah. 62. Nineteen eighty
1: five. He yeah, that that sounds about right. He was sixty one, sixty two. Um Christopher Lloyd was born October twenty second, the day after Future Day, by the way. Mm. tomorrow christopher lloyd was born october 22nd 1938 he is now 76 almost 77 years old when they shot in 1985 our man christopher lloyd was 47 years old not much older
2: (laughs) wait so when he he was reverend jim on taxi yeah he was in his 30s (laughs) he was early 30s yeah
1: what the hell <laughs> yeah something in the water back then and and Michael J Fox I'll just give it to you he was he's born in 1961 so he was 24 when he was playing the high school age uh Michael J Fox or uh um, Marty McFly in that movie uh okay some quick trivia somebody we all know or it's pretty well known that that they they originally wanted to play Marty McFly they wanted Michael J Fox the whole time but he was he had a scheduling conflict conflict with Family Dies Ties. So they originally cast Eric Stoltz.
2: Yeah, that that just doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like obviously we we've got hindsight on this one, but it it he's he's a good actor, but he just does not seem the right guy for that role.
1: And he was not. He did apparently did not bring the comic sensibility that they were looking for, but another, another Actor And I just learned this today, another actor that turned down the role of Marty McFly, who could have made it him a much whinier, much less sympathetic character, Ralph Macchio offered the role of Marty McFly and turned it down. I think we all benefited from that. Would you guys agree?
2: Yeah. I I could see him playing Marty as just the big time victim. I mean – Look at how he was tormented by everyone in high school. Biff, the Biff seems would be really sad.
1: Also, a little odd. It would be probably a good move for him to to not um, put himself in the position to be hanging out with another old sort of office rocker type. Like, very, very much typecasting there. Another actor who auditioned but did not receive the role, Johnny Depp. I wonder what that wow. would have sounded like. Johnny yeah. Depp as Marty McFly. Yeah
2: uh you you know doc i uh <laughs> i i noticed if uh if we could change the coordinates to the south of france and uh maybe add a few um <laughs> extra extra uh, scarves to to my my look uh maybe i could wrap it around my my vest and uh, instead of ordering a tab, uh, maybe I could order uh, some champagne or something like that.
1: <laughs> so oh, I can only imagine Marty McFly in that many bracelets. Uh, okay, we also talked about, um, oh, uh, here's another casting decision that could have been interesting from, from our Soul Man podcast. This ties in. When Claudia Wells dropped out of the movie as Jennifer, originally cast to replace her, was Melora Hardin. The from the later from Girl. the U.S. version of the office and people from this show will remember she played the sex pot daughter of Leslie Nielsen in the in the great movie Soul Man. She had to replace be replaced though when it was discovered that she was taller than Michael J. Fox, who only goes a robust nice. five feet four.
2: I I have to imagine that list is uh, is going to be a tough list to if you're a casting director when you say all right we got to find somebody shorter yeah. than Michael J. Fox
1: <laughs> yes stuff difficult work and a lot of like if you're if you're the director of photography like you, he's got to be standing on an apple crate a lot of the time he's got to be like be, for perspective he's got to stand behind the other actor very very short. Uh, okay guys a lot a lot ha- happened in these movies a lot of things that um, that need to be discussed and I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna throw out some questions see what you guys think um, th- this is this is something that's gotten a lot of run over the years. In the first movie, Marty McFly, his mother, he falls out of a tree. His mother, or he gets hit by a car after his dad falls out of a tree. He, he's, his mother takes him in, and she immediately falls in love with her own son. Later in the movie, Marty McFly, as as a ruse, suggests that he maybe tried to um, be a little be a little too friendly with his mom to sort of put her off of course that that backfires against him but i need to ask you guys is there can you guys imagine a scenario ever where your suggestion would be like hey maybe i try making out with my mom on this one guys
2: <laughs> you you have to think that there was a lot of the cutting room on the cutting room floor because that should that's got to be way down the list like hey george maybe you should like do a, a nice gesture, maybe you know, buy her something nice, maybe. And then if like he doesn't have the money, be like, maybe I could, you know, donate a body part like that to to make out with your mom. That that
0: can't be high on the list.
1: I mean, anything else really, Jason Stewart? What are your thoughts? I mean, think
0: about the time, right the ni- the nineteen fifties was about as intolerant as it as it got. Absolutely. I mean, at, on that list, way ahead of making out with the, with moms. I mean, I I think that it would have. It would have been just as easy, if not easier, to do the ruse of a homosexual man, right? I mean, yeah. and, and to, oh. br- mm-hmm. to 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 make the facade of being gay would be an instant turnoff given the sensibility of the time. I mean, go to downtown, uh, into one of the alleys, spend $5 for a twink to make out with you in front of her. And I think that that would have done the trick, but yeah, suggesting that you make a move on her and maybe, (laughs) maybe I think he even said, and I had read this at one point, the original script said, maybe I should try to finger bang her. And that's when Dr. Brown was like, wow, it's a PG movie. I don't, I don't, Uh, I don't
1: think, I don't know how true that is. (laughs) Oh, and actually I was reading some of the trivia and apparently when they originally tried to sell the script to Disney, yeah, they they turned, it. they turned it down because they were like, whoa. Uh we're not we're not too cool with this mother falling in love with the with her son storyline, which does, you know, it sort of works, but there are there definitely are some quirks there and some some uh sort I of weird it, aspects.
0: I th- I thought it was funny when it, uh, Dr. Brown, is that his name?
1: Yeah, Dr. Brown.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that when they were back at his place and he reveals to Marty after this chick shows up at the door, he reveals to Marty that she might have a thing for him. And Marty's like, you really think so, Doc? Yeah. Well, didn't you just last night run out of the house after she put her hand on your leg? <laughs> I mean, wasn't there continuity issues with this? Hadn't you already put two and two together, you fucking dipshit? Yeah,
1: he, w- he was not super bright. And, and to that point... At one point later in the movie, and I didn't realize—like I thought the fifties—I didn't realize like high school kids were getting sexual in the fifties. I thought that was pretty much taboo, unless you were like, you know, I, I think I thought you waited to graduate and then got married at nineteen because you wanted to have sex so bad. But at one point, Biff—he really—he basically—he's Well, raping. Yeah, he attempts to rape the, I the think, mother, I think Lorraine. That did go- yeah, there, yeah, that may, might have been more prevalent than than we know, um, but I wonder the the guy the guy is a real fucking douche, and he really he's really torments this George McFly. He tries to rape Lorraine, and then you get to the end of the movie, and he's their fucking employee. Like they they keep him around, like he's he's hey hey George, you know, wash your car, put that extra coat of wax. Like yeah. why why they keep what, this guy around? Well, the thing is
2: you've got you there is that that aspect of wanting to rub somebody's nose in it like I remember when I first started dating my wife I knew her ex-boyfriend was having a real hard time getting over it oh, yeah I kind of enjoyed running into him like letting him know like yeah, I got it. I got what you want so I, I get that aspect, but what well, he was allowed to run in their house yeah he I mean he, he had the box with the with the new book yes yes he that's exactly right. <laughs> It's fine if you nest. want him to do your dirty work for you, but he was allowed to. Ju- he was allowed just carte blanche, just come in and he's opening things for them. He he he's not supposed to be going through their mail and going in their
0: house.
1: Yeah, stay out. I mean, so on a
0: leash in the yard. Yes, this was all based on on the uh, I guess the the premise after Michael J. Fox had gone back to the past, the premise that George got some balls and punched Biff That's right. for trying to rape his soon-to-be wife, and, right? And Lorraine so that, fell in that, love with him. We are supposed to believe that that one act of punching Biff turned the guy from a what would have been in like an uber-goober afraid of his own shallow, shadow to some successful-looking yuppie with like a real active libido, kind of creepy... Yeah who's like a burgeoning author, right? Yeah. So why not have like a man, pet, Biff waxing your car? Uh,
1: so you're, what you're saying is that it t- turns him into an alpha where he, <laughs> yeah. and so, sort of along the lines of what Ed said, where he wants to continue, like he he's so dominant now over Biff that he keeps him around to like do housework, wash the car. It's almost as though he he lives to have Biff be subservient to him.
2: I I get that, but letting him in the house, there's, that's the big red flag. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and because you you know people when life beats them down, like if they're kind of a, a thuggish, rapey guy, life beating them down is not is not going to make them less no, rapey. No, I, they're they're, they're going to be angrier. I,
1: and 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 Biff shows as much. Like that's his sociopathic tendencies are still there. Maybe if you hadn't. Help kept him around he wouldn't have uh he wouldn't have turned out to to be the biff he was in part two speaking of that though we we in originally like the mcfly's pretty big fucking losers like the sister she was on bosom buddies she doesn't have much going on she's kind of fat the brother he's a real loser he's he's you know balding still lives at home not much happening there george is just he's just a beaten down man like things are not happening for him at all after marty goes back in time and he turns the he changes the future based on the punch that we talked about earlier every suddenly you go you go back to you go back to the future and there's George, and he's balling out, and he's a sci- sci-fi author, and he's got a slick haircut, and Lorraine's looking hot, and, and things, are, and and the brother Dave is off. I got to get to the office, and the the whole thing, like everything's happening for them, and yet they still live in that same house.
2: <laughs> and maybe they're trying to make a bigger, uh, you know, a larger point here, saying that your 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 lot in life is predestined, and you could be cool, the cool guy at your job. Or the uncool guy, but you're—he got the same job.
1: Well, no, he yeah, but he was he wasn't. He, the, he wrote a
2: book on the side, right? As, as a published author, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> unless unless it's Harry Potter, you're still hey, not hey. moving out of that
1: tax bracket. So what you're saying it was a labor of love, and that yes, and, and maybe maybe that is the bigger takeaway that yeah, financial gains and financial success is great, but it's really following your passion that makes you truly fulfilled, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so. And uh, also, I liked that you know, once the dad, once George, her dad, father punched Biff, like how her life changed. Is she became a whore. Remember, <laughs> she couldn't keep track True. of C- Craig and Greg yeah. and yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, she she was she couldn't keep track of all the men
0: in her life.
1: That and is I, yeah, I, I, that's you, that's an you, interesting you, takeaway. Yeah,
0: you do, have to, you do have to give the movie this. I mean, they they, de- they didn't have them. Uh, move into a bigger, better house, but the furniture was a little bit nicer. They were classier and, people. They were more and, and they opened the shades so that there was more sun in the house. So it made for a much, much better Ruby. looking house. And but I will say this: if the if the deadbeat son that was doing fast fast food is now now has a career and he's going to the office, why the fuck is he still living at home? I agree.
1: <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole family still lives there, and the youngest. Marty, he gets to take up the whole garage with that sick ass four by four that he has. <laughs> well, what, let's let's go back to the older brother though. Yeah. So, so was what was his name? Parents, Dave.
2: Dave. So the Dave parents, McFly. So at at Enchantment Under the Sea, when they they're they're really in love by the end of the dance, yeah. and they're saying goodbye to Marty, and she says, "Such a nice name," and then. To foreshadow, and it's like, Great except point. we're gonna name we're gonna name our first son Dave, <laughs> and hopefully, if we have another son, then
1: we'll call him. Mark. That's an excellent point. That is that's a fantastic point. And yeah. I, will,
0: I, I will say this about the the truck that was parked in that little garage. It was like they I, normal people just park a truck in yeah. either frontward <laughs> yes. or they back it in. This had a diagonal thing that's where they a, obviously had. Move. Yeah, they had to put the garage, they had to lift the garage and put it down on top of the truck because it had that look like a truck commercial, a diagonal, so you you caught all the angles of the great-looking new truck.
1: Having having owned a couple of nineteen eighties Toyota pickups myself, those things did not have power steering. He would have had to crank that fucking wheel over. Oh. It would it would be making a loud noise and he'd really have to feather it back and do like a hundred-point turn to park it in that way. Like Marty is a real asshole parker. He took he yeah. took up the he whole garage.
2: He, he didn't even allow for like a lawnmower could fit in there.
1: Nothing could fit in there. He took yeah. up the entire garage with his four by four. Um we but we well, he didn't park it. You
2: know what? We can't this might add to the lore of Biff being an asshole because oh, he was true. the one taking care of the truck. That's like Marty true. just learned about it. So I'm not gonna blame Marty for the parking job.
1: Oh yeah, Biff, Biff could have done it for sure. I'm I'm just shocked that a kid would be allowed to park in the garage. When I when I live with my parents, I and I drove. <laughs> yeah. I was fucking on the street. Like I couldn't even get I might drip some oil in the driveway. That's like just not even allowed. Um we we talked about that the technology in this movie is a little sketchy. He's he's Doc Brown's using a DeLorean. There's it's somehow it's plutonium powered, which is not very safe. There's there's a flux capacitor. The flux capacitor is really the key to time travel. But we don't get a real good sense of what it is. Can you guys what what is your guys' takeaway? What do you guys think? How do you what is your understanding of the flux capacitor? Uh
2: well, I wrote that column about about last year, about what needs to happen in the next year for us to make right. future day realistic. Plutonium powered vehicles. And I received death threats because my inability to grasp how Mister Fusion works. So I remember I, this. I'm sure I'm going to be wrong on this, but it looks like a glowing Y that indicates it has enough energy. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes. it doesn't. It doesn't do. I, I. It looks like it's like a gas tank for. Plutonium or? Right. For, it's,
1: a, it's, a, it's a gauge of some sort. It shows you how much power you have there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how he would have harnessed that plutonium, but that is, that car would be just a, like a radioactive, it would probably give cancer to anyone it right. got near. Back to the Future Four, but like Doc, why do I have three new fingers yes. this morning? I'm like, Doc, you're a Doc, right? How how come I have this many balls? I thought like two was the requisite amount. I have I have seven, and a couple of them are the size of grapefruits. Help me out.
0: <laughs> and if I had to explain what the flux flux capacitor is to like a blind person that's that's listening to the movie, oh yeah, I would I would I would say it mostly compares to I don't know if you remember this. I know they had a lot of these on the East Coast. at those miniature antique like space heaters that people yes. would put into their <laughs> yes. bathrooms yeah. in the winter and you and and the the actual burning wires were mm-hmm. not only visible but transparent, like yeah. you could reach in and 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 burn your fucking you could, hand. You could off, light a sure cigarette. On of, one I'm sure a lot a of toddlers joint. did back in the day. Absolutely, oh, that's staggering uh, <laughs> of house fires. Right? Oh yeah, those, those killed
1: so many people because they had basically had exposed heat elements that would like catch. Blend- people would put them next to their beds, and a, a right. little bit of the sheet would fall off the bed and catch the bed on fire and kill the person in the bed.
2: And that was, you know, eight to ten inches away from Marty's head
1: right. in the car. And those things were ten watts. Like this, this flux capacitor was like, what? How many millions of watts? It was so many gigawatts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't feel like that. There, there was a safety concern, and I, I feel like OSHA would have needed to get involved at some point. Right.
2: Um, yeah, they they only could have made a few missions before people would start sniffing around.
1: I want to move on to the second back to the future after all. That is when they go to that is what when future day occurs, that is the right. day they go to in the second back to the future. Also, back to the future 1, the original back to the future is a pretty good movie it's 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 it holds
2: up very well it
1: holds up i've shown it to my children it doesn't you know they don't get bored they like it it's really really a special movie and will be remembered forever back to the future two on the other hand is a turd um what any more thoughts on back to the future one the original before i move on to back to the future two jason stewart
0: Oh wow! Um, Back to the Future One. I will say, I, though, it does kind of hold up and conceptually, and it was an original idea, yep. and for its time, I think was way ahead of the curve um, with uh, special effects. It's still uh, looking at the one thing that's very dated about it when I see it today is just how cheesy those special effects were, mm. and it took so much. So that it's kind of laughable, but I will give it credit for its story it was It was completely original, and though it was so corny and the lines were ridiculous, um, I really was I really was into it when I saw it the other day for the first time I don't, yeah. and i don't know how long Uh daily excellent, excellent movie
1: yeah it, it really is. it is it is a very good movie and uh, but I will say this in in light of the times we live in. Doc Brown, like, negotiating deals for plutonium with Libyan terrorists. <laughs> like, not cool. Like, you know, we those guys are scary, and we should not— And How'd they get into this country in the first place? Like, 1985, they didn't build that wall. I, I just—I I was a little concerned about that. I thought, man— I will
0: say this. That, those terrorists—either that either that movie was way ahead of, ahead of its time— or terrorists right now in Afghanistan have not improved their look or their vehicles. They still, yeah, they still, still drive the exact same yeah. thing and look the same Vol- way.
1: Volkswagen you, buses with guns mounted to them.
0: You can set your watch to that terrorist look. Yeah. It's,
2: it's amazing.
1: <laughs> well, they, uh, nothing else about them has evolved in 5,000 years. So uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't shock me. Uh, okay. Back to the Future 2. A lot of things happening and a lot has been made um, about – and Ed, Ed wrote a fantastic column about this last year on the site ballerlifestyle.com um, about things that would need to happen to come true for, for, for the, um, the technology in the Back to the Future world to come true for future day. One thing that has sort of come true but that everybody hates and this is a lot of a lot of things, a lot of futuristic things, especially from the '80s. Everyone really wanted you to be talking on a video screen. Let's have, let's. I want to see the person I'm talking to. Hey, let me just pop up so I can see what they're doing in their house right now because they got a thing <laughs> on the wall where I can just talk to them. At one point, George
2: Jetson had it. Yes,
1: George Jetson had it, and now we all we all have that technology in our pocket. Right. No one fucking uses it. No one wants to be. See- Everyone, the oh. the most you can do is send a word message. If you even call someone on the telephone, you are considered rude. Is that is that the biggest thing they got wrong?
2: When I when I see the FaceTime request happening, I know I'm gonna, about to see somebody's kids.
1: Of course, always it's always chilling. Right? I mean, yeah.
2: like, come on, come on, put that FaceTime app. Like, let's delete it. Nobody wants to see anybody. And nobody wants to be seen. When you answer the phone, you just want to. You just want to. If you have to talk, you, you don't want to be seen. It doesn't Absolutely. have to be a production. It's, it's, I guess it's for. I guess it's for. Uh, yeah, long distance relationships or kids.
1: To- totally agree. And then at one point, Marty is the the adult Marty is, and this movie's so convoluted, it gets confusing. But the adult Marty, who apparently has adopted the style of wearing two neckties, which is it, which is supposedly gonna become a thing as of yeah, because today
2: we, we moved away from uh, yeah. nobody wears ties unless they're in court right
1: nobody yeah court or a funeral nobody wears a tie anymore he marty mcfly was wearing two and he was essentially facetiming with one of the members flee from the red hot chili peppers like is that the, that's one of the last people you want showing right. up in your house out of nowhere
2: yeah that guy that guy just puts his cock in a sock yes you don't want to be facetiming with that guy he was
1: lucky that he was dressed at all uh Jason Stewart, any thoughts I, there on the on the technology and Back to the Future Part Two?
0: I agree. I think they may have gotten this one most wrong in that they didn't understand the society was going to become much more introverted, yes. less less willing to actually meet people in, in person and speak to them. And I, as you said, we all have the technology to do it today. And when it is proposed, I remember an Xbox boss of mine. Uh, mm. you know, he lived remotely. He'd be like, "Hey, let's let's Skype." I, you know, you know, want to see your face and everything. I'd be like, Dude, "That's creepy." Yeah, I don't want to fucking see anybody's face. No, if we wow. can talk on the phone. Maybe there's but, no yeah, need. They, they no.
1: got this. We we uh, the three of us are talking via Skype at this moment, and I can't see but, either of your faces. And I'm I'm I've just never, fine with it's that. Just good.
2: I've yeah. never even met uh, Brian. That's right. <laughs> that's
1: right. Uh, good point. Yeah, it's one of those things where now that we have the ability. And I don't want to make too, too broad, too, um, too ethereal a point here, but now that we have the ability, now that we're all connected, all we want to do is use that technology to isolate ourselves. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I love it. It's really great. Uh, would you guys say that's the most unrealistic part of, of Back to the Future Part 2? Or what what's, are some of the things that jumped what? out at you that are just ridiculous?
2: If if we're going to talk about the most unrealistic part of of the first two movies, I gotta go back to one. Jennifer's so Marty's kissing yeah. uh uh Jennifer and uh and the the Stay of the clock tower lady comes up and then Jennifer's dad picks her up. Yeah. All right. And she's at her grandmother's house that night and she she writes quickly down, she writes down on a piece of paper and I Time did. It. it took three seconds, literally three seconds. She wrote down I love you, five five, five, forty eight, twenty three. So one, she knows her grandmother's number, com- <laughs> she has it committed to memory, and she was able to write, I love you and seven digits in three seconds. That's
1: that's, that's impressive.
2: That's wow. time time travel's more realistic than that. <laughs> Who wow. knows her grandmother's number? No one.
0: Of all of, of all the uh crazy things, that's it's quite an, an observation. I <laughs> I, I made it a tie because I did – I as well tied in both movies. It's a tie. Um, the, the fact that we would ever be led to believe that Chuck Berry would steal a guitar riff from a five-foot-two Canadian white guy. Great
1: point. That's a um, fantastic point. That's
0: a stretch. And then, <laughs> then the fact that people are still reading newspapers in October of 2015. The USA Today. I mean, yes. Unless unless USA unless Today. They're,
2: unless they're in a hotel.
1: Right. The oh, – that's the only time anyone's ever read USA Today is when they leave it at your, at your door when you're staying at a hotel. Marty, look at this newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's got to be the fashion. The, the the two neckties the um the the long sleeve jacket the 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 zip yeah. your own shoes like what the fuck every, is going every, on yeah
2: everyone looks like they're in the, that Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation tour like everyone's wearing a lot of fake military garb type stuff
1: G- uh, Griff Biff Jr. Yeah. Or, yeah, Biff Jr., he's got some weird helmet that's, like, corrugated on the top. I don't know what oh, yeah. the fuck's going on there. Yeah,
2: some of the kids were wearing colanders on their heads. Yeah, they
1: look they look like they, they could be in sprockets or some kind of <laughs> kraut rock outfit. Very, very odd style of dress. I mean, and do
0: you, do you really need a, a one-size-fits-all jacket? Why no. can't you just try on the jacket that fits you? Cunker. Why do you need to get one large one that fits to size? I do,
2: I do think it's it's not happening, but it would be pretty sweet if you had shoes that just took care of themselves.
1: Yeah, would that would that be the one thing that you that, that Back to the Future Two presents as a, as a future regularity but, that you would choose, Ed?
2: I mean, Mister Fusion would be cool. That's pretty Although, sweet. Like like I said. I got a death threat for getting it wrong,
1: so I yeah.
2: I don't know if it's powering your car with garbage. That's that's a pretty cool thing.
1: Yeah, I'll, I mean he powers it with like a banana peel and half a Miller High Life. But who in the fucking who in the McFly household? That's got to be Dave, right? That doesn't finish his beer.
2: Of course, yeah, Dave. Dave just feels that part, or maybe it's one of uh, uh, what's her name's three boyfriends named Craig, Greg, <laughs> Good point. Good point. And she the one.
1: Yeah,
0: go, on. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that the the invention that that I I hope will come true if it doesn't exist somewhere in this country right now is they walk into the '80s cafe and Michael Jackson is verbally telling the customers the specials and the the menu items. <laughs> I I would just want that. Just I want the chance to to speak to Michael, the menu giver, <laughs> and say has he tried that Chinese dish, the cream of some young guy?
1: Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> good, good one there, Jason. If
0: we're, if we're telling old Michael Jackson jokes, yeah.
2: what does <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson and Campbell's soup have in common? What's that? Both come in small cans. Mm. Wow. Yeah, just just putting it out
1: there. That was ter- terrible. That joke. was like terrible. that was like the max headroom version of yes. Michael Jackson. But it also was. It seems like they hired a Michael Jackson impersonator. Like that was not. They didn't get the real Mike yeah, Jackson just, to do that. He was busy. There's yeah?
2: no way he was. He was already at, at that point. Back to the Future Two, 1990. He was bonkers by then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. But, I
2: mean, thr- Thriller was a long time ago. By 1990,
1: if if I think, yeah,
2: 1990 was black and white that he did with Slash, yeah. right? Is, yeah, that was uh, that was that was in his Macaulay Culkin stage and
1: and Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was like to, was like a pharaoh in one of <laughs> yeah, his vid- but, videos, right? Behold, yeah, something that always something that a plot point that basically. Drives the entire movie Back to the Future Part 2. It's, it's how the movie starts, it's how Back to the Future 1 ends and Back to the Future 2 picks up where Back to the Future 1 left off. Of course, they had to reshoot all that because they, cause Lizzie Hsu replaced the other chick that played Jennifer. Right. But the whole issue was we got to go back to the future because we, your kids, you guys get married, you have children, and your children are dipshits. Why could Doc Brown not just say, hey, just letting you know, (laughs) your kids are dipshits. Your son is about to go to jail because he's an idiot. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go – I'm just going to run back there real quick. You guys hang here. You guys are good. Just take her for a ride in that pickup. I'm going to head back to the future, and I'm just going to like – kick your kid in the shin like trip him like do that thing where you kick one you come up behind him and you kick one foot and it, it and it whacks oh, yeah, into the other leg themselves. yeah and then, and then he won't have that meeting with Griff and it'll all be good but instead he has to ruin the entire space time continuum by bringing people he he roofies Jennifer poor Jennifer and then what's he do He he lays her down in an alley oh she'll be good here let's <laughs> throw her on these boxes here uh, you guys have any concerns about about that plot point?
2: There there is a there is a a problem in that he 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 puts them through a lot, and I guess he probably ruined their their evening at the lake too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. Marty was about to get some new truck sex that night, and he got
1: nothing. Well, it's very confusing because does time because they can they're going to go back to before that
2: they'll go back to before then but if you've been through that harrowing experience it's it's like all right, let's let's go have some carefree high school sex on my new pickup truck it's probably not going to go that well but you know I I went back and forth on this but if you think about it so many people in their minds kind of know what the right thing to do but until they see how horrible life turns out they're not going to like alcoholics have that moment of clarity you need to you need to have a terrible experience that you're like, all right, shit really needs to change. If he says, hey, your kids are assholes, you know, do something about it, and there could be a crime committed, and then Marty just goes back to being a shitty dad wearing two ties. Yeah,
1: oh, oh couldn't he also like if he Doc Brown clearly has an agenda here. If he really didn't want to screw up the whole, you know, create another parallel universe and all that, the the whole where it gets confusing and convoluted, he could just say, hey, on this date, listen, just. You know I got a time machine here. I just fucking pulled up in it. On right. on this date right here. Don't let your kid leave the house.
0: Yeah, you're going to want to you want to have some uh, you know, family game night. Yeah. The the giant contradiction is that he spends the first two movies talking about how Marty can't screw with with time yeah. and don't don't do things to alter things and 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 why why would you, you know, take a uh, sports almanac back with you and all this stuff? Yeah, that was fucked. Yeah. Yet he needed to show them something in the future to go back and alter it. I mean, that it was that was the giant contradiction of of the second Back to the Future with this doctor. He didn't want anybody to screw with the future in the past. Yet that was the whole basis of the movie was so that fucking Michael (laughs) J. Fox would change the future. That's that's exactly
1: right. That's exactly right. Also, what was the practical application for that roofie machine he had? Like he just pulls yeah. that out. He's like, "Hold on, I'm gonna just put your girlfriend to sleep real quick." Uh, yeah. Like, what 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 was he using that Wait. for on a regular day? how come he was so good at it? <laughs>
2: think about think about um, how Biff handled or Griff handled this, or no, Biff handled the sports almanac. Think about if that thing fell into the wrong hands, like if Sebastian Janikowski. Got a hold of that room right. machine. That's right.
1: That's, that's even more dangerous than the time machine. That's
2: Hey, listen, the, sport, the sports almanac just makes some assholes rich. This thing. It, I mean, what if Cosby had
0: that thing?
1: Oh, I mean, he basically can I, did. Can
0: I throw a little bit of rationale in that maybe he had to do it? It had something to do with Einstein. The dog. That he needed the dog to be under for periods of time. Oh, I mean, oh, you could,
1: but no. you could, oh, 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 it took me a minute to see where Jason, Jason oh, Stewart, no. as always going to the worst possible place. Um, I, I just lost my train of thought. I had another question for you guys. That, uh, it's the roofie machine. I, I don't know. I'll just move on. Um, the, the whole concept of time travel is interesting to me and a lot of people, oh, here's my thing before we get to that. Marty McFly, he finally realizes the error of his ways. He's fucked everything up with this almanac, and Doc Brown is like, "Burn it!" And he just—it's—it's it's a gusting wind. It's a blizzard. Luckily, there's a there's a, a tin bucket there, so he doesn't start some type of brush fire there in Hilldale, which is a real shithole. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. He goes, he goes, I mean, I, I feel like the place would be better if he just burned it down. He just happens to have a match there with him and lights it on the first try, despite being in gale force winds. <laughs> My question to you guys is this. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. But tell me, are you guys like me? You might have just looked at a page and maybe me memorized that Sergey Bruguera was going to win the 1996 French Open. And maybe put a bet on that or, you know, some find just a couple odd things that you maybe didn't need the whole book, but maybe you could find a couple bets to set yourself up for life with. Any thoughts there, Ed Daly?
2: Oh, totally agree. That goes back to the first movie when he only gives himself 10 minutes to save Doc. Great point. Why not give yourself a week? Be like, well. Half an hour. Lay a few bets, double down. You know, all of a sudden this life trajectory i don't he doesn't turn into biff with the mega empire no. but in a week you could you could do a lot of things you could ace a few tests yes. you know you could just do a few things that would make it perfect a little seed just money. a little taste yeah a little
1: taste uh, just a just a little uh uh, uh jason stewart your your thoughts
0: that, that whole scene to me was was ridiculous. Yeah. Why did he need to burn it at that juncture of time in that little uh, sh- uh, sh- pail? And where did he get the matches up? That, yeah, that, that, was, that was disturbing to me. And hell, yes, I am sneaking a peek or tearing a couple of pages. I mean, he had no problems tearing that page with the uh, doctor's address out of the phone book. Remember that? The yeah, phone book absolutely. The restaurant. That was kind what of he, a dick move. Yeah. And he they, they didn't even hide it from the uh, the restaurant owner. Right. He's like, he just basically right. just showed it yeah. to him. What an asshole.
1: Yes, that was right. fucked up. And he up. Was
0: trying to not even
2: order any food. Yeah. Right. Yes.
1: Right. He just wanted yeah. a tab. Uh, guys, I've, I misspoke. Sergey Bruguera actually won the 93 and 94 uh-huh. French Opens, not 1996. Also... Fantastically handsome. I didn't. I just guy's name pop, popped into my head, and I just he's got flowing hair. He looks kind of like a young Yanni. Like the, yeah,
2: I'm looking him up. He's he's no Yvonne Lendl. He's he's got he's got dreaming. He's good
1: still. looking, and despite having his success in the early '90s, the guy's only 44 years old today. Like wow. Sergi bruguero's probably kill. He kills it on Spanish Tinder. I guarantee you. Good for him. Uh, okay, guys. Um, what else? We're, we're we're getting towards the end. Couple couple hypotheticals here. Okay. The whole the whole concept of time travel. Like everyone says, if I had a time machine, I'd go back in time and I'd kill Hitler. I'd fuck that Hitler guy up. Like I don't know what. A lot of people say that. What are they going to do? What you're you had the you had the entire Axis powers trying to kill uh, or Allied powers trying to kill Hitler. You think? Well, if, think you, you go,
2: if you go, people people say, oh, I'll kill him as a baby. Well, what yeah. if you got caught? Yeah in a German hospital for murdering a baby.
1: you're a fucking baby killer. Also...
2: I I can't imagine turn-of-the-century German hospitals are really all that palatable. No,
1: and what... Yeah, what? You're gonna do the the pillow-over-the-head thing? Or stab it? Like, you're you're not a murderer.
2: How are you gonna gonna sleep at night? Whether or not that turned out to be Hitler.
1: You're still a a baby baby killer. Exactly right. Uh, So if you guys, barring killing Hitler and barring going back and... Placing a bet on Sergey Bruguera to win the 1993 French Open, which he had to be a big underdog. That had to, that would have been a good bet. Uh, what would you guys do if you had a time machine tomorrow? You had you had the use of it for one day. Is it is it a pussy related task? Is it a historically <laughs> significant task? Jason Stewart, you kill it on Tinder. Tell us what would be your time travel goal.
0: Well the first the short answer is the former. Yeah. Uh post and I go back to I don't know maybe 14 or 15 freshman or sophomore in high school and I talk to my teenage self and I give him all of the skinny yeah. on women that age and how easy it is to get in their pants yeah. and to get over yourself. Just that, go back and, and go back and basically, you know, Basically, say stop stop worrying. Yeah, say this is what I know about women now. This is how you speak to them. This is what they want to hear. They're insecure. They're delicate. They're vulnerable. You should start getting laid right now. That's right. And so, so instead of one or two sexual, um, sexual escapades in high school, I would have had fifty.
1: That's that's a mic drop right there, um, Ed Daly. Your thoughts? I mean, you're not going to do anything that good, but uh, just come up with something that you would do in a time machine.
2: Well, I I appreciate Jason's uh, answer, and it it does make me reconsider mine. But I thought mine would have been what everybody would have chosen, and that's uh, to go back to the early '80s and crush Billy Joel's windpipe before he could sing Uptown Girl. <laughs> I mean, that was I just thought that was everybody's dream, but you know.
1: uh great 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 point that is actually i
2: nobody's uptown girl right a, a,
1: about a year ago i heard from the same era billy joel uptown girl's terrible
2: you know it's written about
1: it's christy brinkley
2: i think it's written about l mcpherson he was he was trading between the two shut of them. up
1: l. Mc, yeah. l mcpherson might be the hottest woman that's ever lived
2: yeah, and he had both of them, her and oh Brinkley. My God,
1: I can't
0: even.
2: So yes, and, yes. No, my and, my my answer stays
0: yes. And that, there were men acting tough uh, in that video dancing in unison, right?
1: Yeah, yes, there were. Yes. Yeah, they were supposed like, to be it was like, like street toughs. It's
0: like a Bruce Willis Seagram's commercial.
1: <laughs> Along those lines, Uptown Girl. I got the Billy Joel, um, the the worst Billy Joel song of all time. Tell her about it. I got it stuck in my head like a year ago, and I seriously, I, at one point, I realized I—I I think the only way I can get this song out of my brain is with a 12-gauge shotgun. It was—it was like the worst four days of my I think life. It was so I get the same.
2: It. I think it was the same era. Yeah, it
1: was the same album. Right, that, like
2: doop, kind of garbage. Yeah. My mom, my mom, like when she was driving me to sporting oh, events or anything, I had to listen to that.
1: I'm, I'm not. Was, I'm, I'm. I'm embarrassed to admit that I, I had the record. I own that record. Oh. But I didn't, you know, I was eight years old. I didn't know any better. Um, and, and one more. Let, let's wrap it up with this. All of the characters, everyone from all of the Back to the Future or the first two Back to the Future movies, since it is Future Day, and that that's what we're commemorating here. Let's not forget. October 21st, today, 2015, is Future Day. I need to know, and this is something we like to do on the show. All these guys, they get, they get drug into Thunderdome. You got Lorraine and George. You got Dave, the brother, the sister whose name I can't remember. You got Jennifer, either actress, doesn't matter. Biff, Griff, Marty, Doc Brown. All of them get drug into a battle royale. Only one person can leave alive. Who do you have? To come out on top, Ed Daly. I'll start with you. Who do you like in a battle royale between all the characters of Back to the Future?
2: Yeah, this this is a tough one because you could say, well, Biff is a big bully, but I mean, he got he got clowned by the the, the school nerd George McFly, so he's not going to last. He's a, he's you know glass jaw. And then I thought about Principal Strickland because that guy thrived on anger. But where I'm going, Doc Brown the guy hung off a balcony he took an electrical surge that would kill any man on earth and he was on his feet and celebrating seconds later that guy is tough as hell nobody's destroying that guy
1: great point he would be tough to kill also he's 47 and he looks 79 like he's been through some shit
2: right that's true he's got he's got he's got he's got a lot of life experience to draw draw from to look that way at 47.
1: Totally agree. The 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 floor is yours, Jason Stewart. Who do you like?
0: So we we talked about uh at the beginning here that uh the Biff character might be the most annoying character, the anno- most annoying acted character in the history of cinema. You really want you want to kick his ass by the end of the the sequel. But Griff is like times 10. He obviously is a speed addict. Um big time. <laughs> yeah, he but, is. And he, he probably does LSD. Mm-hmm. So uh, you would think that he would be that indestructible force, but he was proved wrong as he flew into the clock tower uh, glass and was arrested. Now, I the sleeper in this whole thing, and Ed kind of already took my thunder, is the hard ass from Top Gun. Um, and I think that... Principal Strickland. I, I think after he defeats all of his opponents in the Back to the Future... Uh, Battle Royale. He will tell his last opponent, "You'll be flying rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does just
2: thrive on rage. Yes. So there is there is that aspect of it, and and don't don't forget Goldie Wilson. The guy was living in a he was living in a lily white town.
1: Only black, black guy. guy.
2: And he became the mayor. So he he clearly is a uh, a smart clever guy strategy wise, because I don't know if there were more than one or two black people in Hill Valley besides Goldie Wilson. I know that family that Marty snuck in on
0: that was was in his old house, but you don't, you didn't see black people. So by, by the way, how about that stereotypical scene yeah. as the, as the, as the neighborhood goes mm-hmm. to shit who lives there and it could not get any mm-hmm. worse. There has to be, of course, a black family Great point. because right. it has to, it, nothing could be worse than that.
1: Racism, right. racism. Oh,
0: one thing I will say about, I mentioned at the
2: top of the show that I met Goldie Wilson. That guy looks like he's about, he looks like he's about 45 now, Bl-
1: 40 black. Don't crack. Yeah, he
2: is, he is, he does. <laughs> de- he looks very young. Like the. God bless the, him. the image, the image for the Goldie Wilson for mayor, thing where he had the big gray afro like he doesn't look old like that at all and this is 30 years later he he, he's a
1: a good-looking older man god bless him um my choice for the winner of the battle royale is um terry who owns western auto you'll you'll (laughs) remember him because in the 50s he fixed biff's car when it got loaded up with horse manure (laughs) And he, he really ripped him off on the price. It was like three bills, which is a shitload of money for the 1950s. But then he shows up again in the future and he's trying, he's like trying to get, um, Marty to like sign a petition or he's trying to give him a flyer or something. And I, I challenge you. I don't care. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Mike Myers, I challenge you. To find a more disturbing-looking movie character than Terry, the owner of Western Auto, and to add to add to the the fear, the scariness of this character. Oh yeah, pl- that guy is scary. Played by Car- Charles Fleischer, the guy who did the voice of Roger Rabbit, who is in oh, himself. Scary. One of the scariest human beings on this earth, and if you don't believe me, watch the movie Zodiac, where he takes uh, Jake Gyllenhaal into his basement. Oh, it's so scary! Very scary. I like Terry, the owner of Western Auto, as to, to win the battle royale. He's capable of anything.
2: He's so scary. He is. that's a dark. He's
0: got horse, that
2: dude. crazy, crazy bald hair. What's going on? Hair on the
1: side. His hair looks like it's like it's a Lego man's hair or something. It's just very very a lot of hairspray there. Very scary. And the whole second movie, I read a thing where the the they pioneered industrial light and magic. This was the first movie where they were able to use some sort of technology that made it seamless to have the same actor play two different characters in the same shot. And this Overall, Back to the Future 2 is a terrible
0: movie. Oh, shit. It's
1: really, really shitty. It's hard to follow. It's hard to understand. The performances are weird. But most of all, the makeup is weird. Everybody, yeah. like Michael J. Fox plays his whole family. He plays his daughter, which is super creepy. That awful is he awful he plays the older version of himself with a, a lot of that like rubber cake makeup on. They all have like weird rubber masks on throughout. Like the technology was not there in terms of making there, – there was no Benjamin Button work style done on this movie. And it was very, very off-putting throughout to see these people in this weird makeup. Would you guys agree?
2: I agree. There, it, This movie was was odd – from start to finish, uh, three we 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 talked about it uh, off the off the air, but three is is a, a nice enough Western yeah, standalone. Yeah, it's, it's
1: a cute movie, standalone movie.
2: One is excellent, but two is is an odd movie. Just a lot of weird visuals. It was was trying to get a lot accomplished in a short. Yeah, amount of
1: time. a weird transition between one and three, um, and of course,
0: yeah. the, the reason why two is getting. Uh, is getting a lot of uh, publicity in the sports world is, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned this to now, is that what's the team that wins the World Series? And the Cubs are actually in the playoffs crazy. right now. Crazy. So there's, there's this Man. whole there's this whole thing where not only is it coming up on future day, but it's also they predicted the Cubs would be, quote, Miami. Right. They predicted a in the team world in Miami. Yeah, there was no, no team in Miami. no Florida Marlins. Yeah. So uh, but but I, I found that to be um, I, I would have I would have said that was the most unbelievable part of, of part two. If we were doing this six months ago, I would have just as a joke, you know, tried to placate our sports listeners uh, done the, old, you know, it's out of all the time travel and the flying cars. The Cubs winning the World Series yeah. is the most unbelievable. And <laughs> I would have had a big laugh. There you go. But, 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 but who's laughing now? Huh? That's right. Jake well Jake That's also. right. You, well,
1: I mean, they're down two zero. 0.
0: No, Mets oh, okay. are
1: laughing, right? Yeah, they're down. I mean, they're...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Murphy's
1: laughing. They're, they're, in a, they're in a pretty big hole, as it is right now. Uh, one more thing. I, I, I think I'd be remiss. The presence of Huey Lewis in these movies. Uh. Huey Lewis <laughs> on the soundtrack, but doing cameos. At one point, and Ed Daly, I know you know this part, Huey Lewis is like judging a battle of the bands, or he's it's not a battle of the bands, but he's like... Trying to, like... I think
2: that's what they call it, although it seems like it's an audition. It's like an
1: audition to, like, play the dance or something. Yeah, Yeah, and Marty's band, the Pinheads, he's... Huey Lewis says, quote, you're just too darn loud for playing at the Battle of the Bands.
0: Which was ironic at the time, because he was a big rocker. He's a
1: big rocker, but he was a pretty, like, safe, soft rocker in the pantheon of 1980s rockers. Is there anybody softer than Huey Lewis? Jason, I can only, th- yeah, yeah, go ahead. Jason. Jason Stewart, you go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, it's kind of a tie between, uh, Paul Waite, uh, uh, who's saying missing you and Richard John, Mark. John wait, John Waite, yeah. whatever it takes. Yeah. And, uh, and Richard Marks was pretty, he was a vagina, but, but I, I've tweeted out many times about this. Uh, there is no band that I hear now that I'm, that I'm more angry at myself for thinking that music was cool and catchy back in the day. It, it, if any music doesn't hold up from the 80s, it's Huey Lewis. That sports album is filled with campy, shitty ass songs, Agreed. and each of them have an sax solo, which a is a lot of sax awful.
1: and harmonica. Well,
0: that was
2: the thing. The 80s had a ton of sax in, <laughs> yeah. in just in every band and in, in movies. So I remember much sax. Better Off Dead, Better Off Dead at the end of the movie. John Cusack just whips out a sax to play to his girl, like sax now. Saxophone is only for homeless men. That's true. That's
0: a great.
1: Point. That's the
2: only the only person that plays the saxophone now is a homeless man. Uh,
1: Rob Lowe in Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah. That stupid S- fucking sax with a blazer with the sleeves yeah. pulled up. More sax. Sa-
2: saxiest man alive. That guy. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, the guy is handsome. I would I would argue that Christopher Cross was a bigger pussy than Huey Lewis in the nineteen eighties.
2: <laughs> I, I was going to go with uh, Peter Cetera. Uh, Yeah,
1: Yeah. He, he you was know, re-
2: Karate Kid, yeah. too. When is a, I'm, I'm a man who will fight for your honor. That that's the that's the the douche chill moment <laughs> of the eighties, oh, right? Although I
1: I bet there is a wing of the Satara Mansion that was built by that song because it was <laughs> yeah. it was unavoidable for a long time. Did
0: I ever tell you that I did I tell you guys I ran in or I actually uh, flew on a plane with Christopher Cross and I didn't notice until we were uh, caught between the moon and New York City. Oh, my God. Over.
1: Oh, my God. All right, that'll do it. <laughs> Great job, Jason.
0: Yeah, game set, man.
1: <laughs> okay, guys, excellent job. I really appreciate you guys joining us. Jason Stewart, you making some time. You're you're an icon. You're a well-known guy. You're in demand. A lot of shows trying to get oh, you I, on.
2: I saw the residual checks pouring in. I, I, yeah. According to Jim <laughs> appearance
0: recently
1: according to it's, jim
0: it's it's a gift that keeps on giving i yeah, mean you are herpes you are rolling in the dough bro. ed ed you, you worked on 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 wall street and i know one of your life mottos is you can't go broke on small profits so i'll keep cashing right. those checks and thanks for having me on guys next uh, m- next mid 80s a uh, movie juggernaut. You want to break down? Just let me know. Well,
1: I, I also, I believe we have a, one of the Bachelor franchises starting up here. Maybe, oh yeah, I, maybe I don't. Might, do we have to wait till January? I'm not sure, but there is, there's an, a new Bachelor coming on. We'll have you on. Before. It. If it doesn't start till January, we'll find a reason to have you on uh, before the end of the year, Jason. We we always love it when you join the show. You bring a lot to the table. Um, Absolutely, Ed Daly. This 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 show was your baby. You killed it. Um, really, really appreciate all the work you've done there. Um, new listeners, people that joined us just because of the Future Day episode. We do a lot of different movie stuff. We talk sports. We do a. a, a we do a different kind of show here, and I would implore you to subscribe, to join the program, to to join the discussion. And I know last time Ed wrote a column about Back to the Future. There, there's a column on the website now for you future heads to check out and and give us your thoughts. And um, so send us a comment, drop us a line, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. If you're irate, if Ed Daly calls it Miller Genuine Draft instead of Miller High Life again, like he did last time. <laughs> you want to you, yeah. you leave me a...
2: Penalty by death. Yeah,
1: you want to leave me a voicemail about it threatening Ed Daly's life, please do that. I would like to play that on my show, 949-464-TBLS. Uh, I re- really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. That'll do it. And if you want to reach out to anybody from the show directly, find these guys on Twitter. Uh, everyone knows Ed Daly is at EZ... Ed Daly. You can find me at Brian Beckner. There's only one way to spell Brian. I'm not going to tell you. You should know. And of course, special guest, Jason Stewart, at Jason Stewart on Twitter. Reach out to us directly. Complain, rejoice, do whatever it takes. But uh, you can always find a way to find us. Uh, Okay, that'll do it for Jason Stewart, for Ed Daly. I'm Brian Beckner. This has been the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. From thebottlelifestyle.com, we will see you next week.